The most important thing is, are you happy with your purchase? Drunky. Satan worshipping Templar Knights! Yay! It's vinegar syndrome, so it's amazing. Okay, well, I will definitely never watch that then. Thank you. You just didn't suck. Maybe this would be good, but instead you suck. Let's talk about good things, not things that make me want to blow my brains out. Ah, you. How's it going, buddy? Hello, everyone. Welcome to Movie Freaks, the only podcast on the net that is now recorded in high-fidelity AM quality sound. Oh. (laughs) At least we hope so this week. I'm Eric Marner. And I'm Eugene Weaver. (laughs) And how are we doing this evening, sir? We got all our proper mic settings going and... Yes, yep. We're... Let's hope we sound like PBS broadcasters tonight, right? Or something like that. Yeah, settings are settings have been tested and work good. All right. Well, we'll hope for the best. And sorry, everybody, about last week. But uh, you know what? If you have listened to this show long enough, you know that shit happens. Yeah. <laughs> That's all there is and, to it. And for all of you that really didn't like that, hey, we'll give you a full, full refund for money invested in the show. So how's that? There you is that go. Fair? That's yep, pretty fair. That's fair. I, yeah. I, I agree with those terms. Yeah. Hmm. Ah, so how's it going? Uh, good. Just uh, got back from a trip to Columbus, and I'm sipping on some um, some premium barrel select whiskey that I bought down there. Uh, they they're my friends in uh, Columbus. Well, my one friend in Columbus, Phoebe, and then uh, my other friend Brian, who's from. Uh, Philly, we all got together, high school friends, and um, they like Watershed Gin, which Watershed Distillery is down there in Columbus. Uh-huh. Um, we actually ate at the, the uh, restaurant down there, or one of the, the bar restaurant down there before uh, a Tom Petty concert last night. But um, So we all got our own bottles of booze, and uh, they're big on gin, and I am, of course, big on whiskey. So I got a kind called 40 Creek Whiskey, which I've never seen this before. But um, it's really good. It was like a, it's a sixteen seventeen dollar bottle of whiskey, so it's not high end stuff, but it's it's really good. I'm, I've been um, I've been I don't want to say I'm been uh, like nursing it because I'm putting it away, but uh, it's tasty. Nice. Uh, I haven't heard of that brand either, but that yeah, that sounds like yeah, it's probably pretty. It's a good. nice bottle, and they you know of course they're touting like oh we've won awards and stuff. I'm like yeah every. Every single kind of booze, maybe other than Paramount, seems to have won some award. Yeah, really. So maybe, maybe if you won award an award, you'd be bragging, or we would be bragging about it as well. Maybe you don't know how it feels. Yes, yes, they're well played. Good concert, by the way. That was eh. a, yeah, I, <laughs> not classic. a huge Petty fan myself, but. I seem to be the only one. My wife loves him too. And she's like, it comes up from time to time that, oh, Betty's coming around. Why don't you go see him? And I'm like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. It was a, the stage show was really good. It was a little bit more of a stripped down type thing to where it's just like people are there for his songs and not an elaborate, huge pyrotechnic stage show. And the stage show was very tastefully done. It was really good. And he just, he ripped through the hits. He still sounds good, too, which is impressive. He's 66 years old. And I'm like, that dude sounds kind of like I remember him back in my high school days, honestly. Wow. So. So you were free falling into Tom Petty land. Oh, don't come around here no more. And yep, American Girl. 
Well, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan. And from that, I won't back down. But anyway, won't back down. Yeah. Uh, I, guess, I guess you could say we're American girls, or nah, uh, yeah, why not? Really? <laughs> <laughs> mm. Now, what are you drinking? Uh, oh, usual for me, man. It's okay. fine this evening. I needed it. It's one of those weeks, man. Like, my God. <laughs> anyway, yeah. are you ready to get on with the show? Yes, let's talk some movies. Yes, it might be a shorter show. Shorter show? Shorter show. Might yeah. be a shorter episode this evening, ladies and gents, but at least you'll have an app. We'll see. We'll see how it goes and see if we can convince Eugene to stay up later, but we are good at instigating each other. And, uh, uh-huh. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's get on to the roulette where we dive into the ocean of cinema and try to find those gems in the rough. And last episode, it was Detour up against Dig Two Graves. And. Oh, it's my turn to go first. It Joy. is. Detour. Convinced his stepfather caused the crash that left his mother in a coma, a law student drunkenly agrees to his murder and then can't rescind the deal. Oh, boy. And let the groaning and moaning and how do I describe this movie begin for me, because this is one of those movies that is a son of a bitch to explain how this movie works. The best comparison I kept coming back to was Run, Lola, Run. And it is not like that movie a lot, except that it has some very interesting editing techniques for about, for like the second half and second and, well, second and third act. Let's put it that way. So if you imagine Run Lola Run, you've seen that movie and explain that movie to someone, try to tell them how that movie works. Everybody kind of has a similar reaction of, well, that's weird and sounds stupid. Why would I want to watch the same thing over and over, you know, but it's actually Run Lola Run's a very good movie. In this movie, they don't repeat things like that, but there's a moment towards the end of the first act where the, a guy is explaining to him that, imagine if you could split yourself in, yourself into two halves, and the one half would stay home and do nothing, and the other half would go to Vegas and murder your stepfather, and the other half would never know anything about it. How would you feel about that? And, the, and there is a lot of split screen in this movie, and at that point, there's a split screen of the character and he, one goes into the house and one goes to Vegas and the movie kind of splits and becomes what I thought was showing what could have been if he stayed home and what could have been if he went. And then the two, I'm trying to do this the best way without being spoilery because... Because this sounds really good, by the way, right now. But at this point in the movie, I was like, I'm unsure about where this is going and I'm not sure if I like this because it just feels like you're doing two different storylines. I get what you're doing, but all right. And then they converge at the beginning of the third act. And I understood what was going on. And then I am right away gave this movie a thumbs up. I, I, what they did was really interesting. And I cannot believe the editing techniques that it would take to keep this all together. It bordered on, that's going overboard, but hyper into hyperbole, but, um, Memento-esque, you want to say a little bit, where it's like, how in the world did you... You would have to have charts and uh, drawstring 
to between pins across a, a big, huge wall in your room. You know what I'm talking about <laughs> to try and keep. You're the- totally selling me on this. Like everything <laughs> about this, knowing the director and his other work, he has not made a bad movie yet, in my opinion. Please, uh, that's- please, please, please watch this movie and tell me what you think. And I, I give it a thumbs up, but I'm not going crazy on it. I'm definitely giving it a, a thumbs up, but you can't stop this movie halfway through. You have to f- see how these lines come back together. Because I might uh, try to tomorrow night after work. I might try and uh, wife and kids aren't around right now, so I might try and watch that one uh, tomorrow night real quick. And then we will have a spoiler uh, okay. conversation about it because I so want to talk about some things in this in this movie. And there was one well, thing in particular that I wish that, and there is a little bit of a stinger scene. So stay through a little bit of the credits. Just one little thing that was pretty funny. I, I enjoyed, but I kind of had wished there had been another one to fully flesh out the one. I can't talk about anything. The one thing they were talking about in the movie, and I got it, but I don't know that everybody else did. I can't talk about it without ruining yeah. the shit. So now you you've seen Triangle, correct? His other movie, Triangle. Uh, yeah. Was that the the boat and the yes? Yeah, I did see that because that was so well done, and and that was very intricate too. To where it's like, oh man, that that had to take a lot of a really well written script, which it is, uh, to pull off what they did in that movie. Um, which is a recurring, like, things are happening over and over and over again. It sounds kind of similar almost. Um, yeah, but it's not, it's not, it's not thing, I can't talk about the damn, I, it's I not know. things happening over and over again. It just, let's just say once they finally kind of, that third act started and it came back together, I, I realized what they had done with the editing. And, and some will watch that and hate it, I'm, I'm sure. But yeah. for me, I was like, that was really interesting. It, the best way I can put it is it's kind of like explaining the current story with the backstory at the same time. And then you find, you figure out what's, it, you get it by about the third act and it's holy shit. Okay. So good acting and like, uh, like technical aspects of it were really good. Good acting, good script. Yep. Uh, Bright colors uh, popping off the screen. It was very well shot. Again, the, the editing was, that was some kind of sorcery to put all that together. I'm talking about as much split screen as Ang Lee's Hulk. Like there is a ton oh, wow. of split screen in this movie. It, that much. It's crazy, but it works. Good. Good. Oh, that's I'm I'm excited. I was that was almost a like beyond roulette like because it's that director, I was like, well, I'm I'll watch that movie regardless if that's a roulette or, or not. I just haven't got around to it yet. Right. Uh, anyway, I've spent enough time on Detour, but I, I recommend it. I would probably give it a B plus and say, Excellent. if you're a fan of that director, like I know that you are, then you should. I am. Def- please, I want to talk about this movie to somebody. And it's not okay. like, again, not like it's a home run, like, or there's some huge twist or something like that, that I just don't want to ruin anything for you going in, just going as blind as I did. Sure. Okay. Good. Dig Two Graves. Okay, Dig Two Graves from 2014, directed by a guy named Hunter Adams. Uh, this is about, um, movie starts out with this girl and her brother, and they're on this, this cliff type thing when there's water, and, uh, he's like, yeah, let's jump in. Well, that wasn't a good idea because brother does not come back. Uh, and like your movie, I have to be careful what I say about this movie, um, because, uh, it's, it's a, yeah, the less you know going into this, the better. So I don't want to spoil a whole lot, but 
we keep jumping back to a long time ago, that same cliff, the same water. Um, Ted Levine's character is, uh, he's now a grizzled old sheriff, but we see him and his cop partner back in the day, um, involved in some shady, shady goings ons, um, which leads to this, um, oh boy, here's where I have to be careful. Um, <laughs> I love these reviews but, where we just are so desperate not to ruin it for each other or anybody that we're just like, well, some things happen. And <laughs> I know, I know. I, I, I'm going to say, I, I really liked this movie. Um, really? It has a, uh, yes, yes, I did. It has a bit of the, I don't want to say film school feel to it, uh, but uh, th- there's this director, I think, that that with a bigger budget, he could make a really, really good movie. This is still, a, this is a good movie. Like this, when it was done, I'm like, you know, that's not a first run theatrical type movie, but that would have been an art house run type thing. And I know that it played some festivals, but I'm like, this, this was good enough where I could have seen this getting maybe a limited art house type run. Which that's a positive, by the way. Yeah. Um. Anyway, what? So basically, it comes down to the girl has an opportunity to bring her deceased brother back from the dead, um, and the uh, the characters that are giving her the opportunity to bring her brother back um, play play into a tragic incident that happened with Ted Levine's character way back in the day. Gotcha. Um, and and so everything kind of comes together and we get more and more information on like there's Yeah, some... I'm connecting some dots because I watched the trailer for this movie. Okay. So yeah. I, I and I had sniffed out a little bit of that art house film school. Hopefully it's not pretentious. I'll just put it on the roulette so Eugene can review it for me. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. But I just going off the bits from the trailer and what you're saying, I I'm connecting a few dots, but that's a yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, it was um, it, it was beautifully shot, and what budget there was, which I, I'm guessing it's not a big big budget. Um, it it looked really good. I was involved the whole way through. Not once was I like, oh, this this is another Netflix or yeah. a forgettable movie. Actually, this was one that I'm gonna probably watch again. It has its issues again. It, it's there were parts of it that felt. Like there was a couple side characters that felt like they were trying a bit too hard and to be overly emotional or whatever, and that just immediately makes it feel fake to me. Yeah. Um. But seriously, without Ted Levine, it would have definitely dropped down a notch. He's a really good actor, and he's really, really good in this. Uh, and he's kind of almost—I don't want to say he's typecast, but when I see him, he, he's—he just uh, sounds like this. Whatever his grizzled old. Was she a great big fat person? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But he just has this, he's like, his voice is so distinct. Um, but he he was, he was by far the best actor in the movie, but he definitely elevated everything in it. But it's a good little thriller, good little Twilight Zone type movie that I, I'm impressed. It's another thumbs up from me on the roulette, which is, I, oh, I, it's scary. The, the, I, the, uh, it's the, scary. I know. I'm just waiting for a. I can't believe complete, we've gone this long. It's it's been. I know. I'm waiting ugh. waiting for dog shit now. Now it's dog <laughs> shit time. Uh, all right. Are you ready for your dog shit picks? Because uh, yes, yes. Here we go. Because right. I'm jinxing myself. <laughs> First up is your horror pick of the week. 
the axe murderers of Villisca. Sure. Uh, Sure. (laughs) Three ghost hunting teens get more than they bargained for when they break into a historic home where eight people were murdered over a century ago. Next up, War on Everyone. Sounds good. Uh, Terry and Bob excel at blackmailing small-time crooks, but when the two cops uh, target a big score, they learn not all criminals are easily intimidated. Sounds fairly throwaway, but it's got some good names in it, like Alexander Skarsgård, Michael Pena, Theo James. You know who Alexander Skarsgård is? He's I'm watching him in True Blood right now. And Oh, yeah, he was in uh, Tarzan, Tarzan, the new Tarzan yeah. movie. Yeah. Michael Pena, Theo James. Theo James is cool, too. He's in uh, that biker show. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Sons of Anarchy? <laughs> yes. And lastly, War Machine was the Netflix original Brad Pitt war thingy. That's all I wrote down because we've talked about it before. So there you go. There's your three. Okay. Um, and your way, we've got Catfight, uh, two college frenemies whose lives aren't what they hoped meet up decades later and escalate their resentments from verbal jabs to bloody, bloody brawls. And um, this has... Uh, Anne Hayes in it, and Alicia Silverstone, and uh, Sandra O. Oh. Is it now, 1995? Is is when was this made? Because <laughs> yeah, this is a this is a Japanese movie, right? No, I don't know. No, there's oh like, oh, you this, mean it's a remake of a Japanese movie? It might be because this storyline. I'm like, I watched. I know what movie, movie you're talking about. I, I thought of that when I saw the cover for this movie. Yeah. Because it's two Japanese ladies in a in an apartment room, and they just kick the shit out of each other for like an hour. And the movie's only like an hour long, and I don't know what it's called. I borrowed uh, it from you, I'm pretty sure. And I remember did, really yes. liking that as well, but oh, I cannot yeah. for the life of me. Was it something goofy like X-23 or some, something, their apartment number or something? I can't remember. Yes, I think it was. But but it sounds like that. So this, this could be, it could be a remake of that. I don't know, but it's... The genre is comedy, dark comedy, independent movie. So it's going to be more, it's rated TVMA. So anyway, okay. Catfight. Uh, next up is one called Man Versus. And, um, I don't know about this one. We'll see. A reality TV survivalist, Doug Woods, sets out to film his five days alone in the desolate wilderness. He soon fears that something may be stalking him. So that might be, you know, I'm guessing it's, to me, when I hear that, it's like, okay, so it's, they got one or two characters in the movie. It's going to be a very minimal cast. Uh, it totally would have been coming your way if you didn't throw it to me. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and last but not least, and I, I almost didn't put this on there, but because of the runtime, but I'm like, ah, this seems like something that you might like. Um, Headshot from 2016. When a young man wakes from a coma, memories of brutal violence begin to surface, putting his life and that of his doctor in jeopardy. Um, and um, I'm looking at the pictures on Netflix, and the guy looks so familiar. Like, I've seen him in... He looks like Tony Jaa, but it's not him. Uh, I don't um, know. There were like three or four Korean movies that they added here in the last week or two, and I definitely added it to my queue, and... I would have considered it throwing throwing it on the roulette as well. Okay. It, well, and now my my, own, my biggest thing is it's two hours long, so it's a bit of a longer movie. So if you do pick it, it's uh, you know it's if it sucks, it's two hours. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. Sorry, I'm looking at the cast. Oh, I'm up first. Um, I'll take the man versus. I don't know. I okay. just don't quite trust. 
and Haish. <laughs> and Headshot's a little long. Man versus sounds interesting. I'll, I'll give that one a shot. Okay. Um, what about you? Oh, um, oh, oh, that's Eco Ua. I don't know how you say his name. Eco Ua. He he was the guy from. Uh, eh, I know I've seen him in something. Yeah, we saw. I, we watched two of. Uh, damn it! It was the, that big action movie from a few years ago, and they made a sequel to it. Uh, um, the one where they're in the apartment building, and he's got to fight his way to the top of the building to take out the oh, bad guy. Oh, that's him. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And gotcha. he, he was in the last Fast and Furious movie too, I think. Uh, seven, the one before came out. Oh, last nice. Week. Okay. Wasn't no, that was Tony Jaw. Now I'm getting them confused. Because that's racist. That was, yeah, the raid. No, this is the guy from the raid. I'm pretty sure. Got it. That one there has potential. By the way, I'm I'm sure that these are going to come back up on the roulette. He was in Star Wars, not the last Fast and Furious. Oh boy. Okay. That's, so oh, man, should I take that? Hmm. Nah, I'll stick I'll with man what, versus. It looks, <laughs> Okay. All right. Um, and for me, um, you know, I'm going to, if we're in Vegas, my, I'm just letting it ride on these never heard of before horror movies. Let's go with Axe Murders. Okay. I guess, are we, are we doing a double header of, um, uh, found footagey type shaky cammy things? Is that what's going to happen? Oh, probably. God only knows. I, I don't know that that title is way too good to be well. They're, well, they're ghost, say, they're ghost hunting teens, so they were going to need a camera, right? That, that's what. Yeah. It's, and uh, man versus he's filming his reality yeah. show, so. Yeah, but why? Like axe murders. Immediately, I think okay, you're you're drawing me in with the with quote unquote axe murders. Watch there be like, it's not going to be gory or something. I'm yeah. We'll see. There was an axe murder. Uh, in the 1800s, and now there's a ghost haunting them. And yeah, I'll try it. You never know. Hey, I've I've had a couple of really good. I mean, I, I liked the the Dutch windmill killer thing, whatever <laughs> it was. Yeah, that was good. I'm like, ah, you never know. This might be good. Yeah. <laughs> we've been on too much of a hot streak. I just, I we've been so lucky. That's all right. It, it's it's easy yeah. when you have a hot streak for a while, at least a couple of weeks of reprieve. And I remember, man, there was a, a stretch there for a while where we were getting nothing but just garbage after garbage pick. Yeah, yeah. But it, probably for our listeners, they probably enjoy when the movies are utter garbage so that we can just uh, run them through the gauntlet. Yeah, probably. But I like to <laughs> shine a light instead of cursing the darkness. I like to shine a light on the I good know. stuff and you know yeah. get people to watch it. And Oh, that is a gem. Nice. Yeah. Especially when there's ones that like that I would actually watch again, not like, hey, you know, for a roulette, uh, that was a, that was fairly painless. I like ones that were it's like, I'm gonna probably watch that one again in probably a year or so. I'm gonna give that one another watch and dig two graves. I'll watch that one again. Yeah, me too. Especially when it's a lower budget or independent film, and it helps the people that made the movie to get more people to watch it. Yeah. yeah. In any capacity that that may be, whether it's Netflix or you're aware of their name for the next project that they put out or whatever like that. I like yeah. that a lot. Yeah. I love that. I love it because I, I, I can just – I feel like the director of that Dig Two Graves, I I have a feeling that with a bigger budget that this guy could make a like a, a really good movie. And not that this is not a really good movie, but just like one that might get theatrical distribution. Right. Cool. All right. Well, there you have it this week on the roulette. Uh, yeah, this week. Next week it'll be man versus axe murders of the. 
<laughs> Man versus versus axe murderers of Villasca Villasca Sure, sure, yes, yes. <laughs> Podunk town, whatever it is. It sounds Italian. Villasca. Let's say it's uh, does that Vil- sound Villasca? Villasca. I don't know. Can't barely speak one language. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like I said, we're gonna have a probably have a shorter show tonight. So you want to go right to recently watched? Yeah, we can do recently watched, and then if we ha- if we have some time left over, then maybe we could rabbit trail or or do something different. If we've got, depends on how we feel. How does that sound? I'm yeah, I'm down for that. Do you have quite a bit of stuff? For, I got two things. So oh if, wow! Okay. Hey, TV. Been watch TV, but I assume you have more. So I'm going to let you start it off. That way, you you can start ping back to me. Then you can finish, so you can get in an extra round. Okay. So I'll let you go first. Okay. Um, I want to start with a total gem in the rough that um, that started with a roulette movie that I watched back in November. And um, that movie is uh, I'm the – let me just look it up here. Bear with me. I'm the pretty – Thing that lives in the house? Yes. I'm the pretty thing that lives in the house. Yes. So – I thought you hated that movie. Uh, well – I, I pretty much did, but I remember um, thinking, or, or at least saying on the show, that this movie, I'm guessing that there are certain people that would probably love this movie. Um, it's not like it's an awful, awful movie, but just for me personally, it was not my style of movie. But I can right. under, I, I get where there might be people out there that would, gen, like, it was a genuinely well-made movie. It's just not for me. Well, I didn't realize, but the director of that movie... His name is Osgood Perkins, and he's the son of Anthony Perkins. Like Nice. Yeah, I got you. Nice. Okay, so um, Anthony Perkins' son, Osgood Perkins, also made another movie right around the same time called The Black Coat's Daughter. And uh, I've been reading some reviews on the movie, and I'm like, you know, it's getting really good reviews, and then it got released on Blu-ray. I'm like, is that worth a blind Blu-ray buy? It pops up on Amazon Prime Streaming. And ah, like, there you oh, go. Oh, here we go. All right. So I, I was all giddy, like, okay. So even knowing that uh, I didn't much care for this director's previous movie, I, or actually, I believe that Black Coat's Daughter is his first movie, and then I'm the Pretty Thing is the second one that he did. But right. uh, regardless, so I watched the movie, and um, I I loved it. I loved it. It um, Here's a synopsis real quick. Um, on This is on IMDb. Two girls must battle a mysterious evil force when they get left behind at their boarding school over winter break. Yet, that is just scratching the surface of this really uncomfortable movie. Uh, it is... I... I, I I don't. I don't want to get your expectations up too high, but I had a witch feel in this movie the whole way through. It felt Wait, very much that good. No, not not quite that good, but that impending sense of doom. Okay, just the, the whole it, the way feel. through. Um, and this is kind of a demon. Oh boy, I, again, I got to be careful. I don't want to spoil this movie, but a bit of demonic possession, maybe. Um, but oppressive. But cool, like the witch. The witch was 
just oppressive the whole way through, but I could not quit watching. I'm like, this is so good. And the Black Coat's Daughter is very similar in that. You're like, what the hell is going on? I'm uncomfortable. Please don't ruin this by, by dropping the ball at the, at, you know, at the third act. And they don't. They keep ratcheting things up. And it's, I love, I can't say too much, but um, I love the way this ends. And I'm like, oh, that's a depressing movie in the best, <laughs> in the best way possible. Um, very, very good acting. I really would like you to watch this movie. It is really slow paced, like real, like kind of like The Witch. Um, but are you going to get, you're going to pick it up on Blu-ray then? I think I, I do believe I will. I liked it as that much that I'm like, that would be one that I would like in my collection uh, that I would definitely rewatch. Hit me good. up in October. Yep. Good. That's a great October movie. Uh, so listeners out there, if you do have Amazon Prime, it is streaming and I highly recommend it, especially if you are a fan of The Witch. And I hate to say, like, The Witch was my favorite movie from last year. It's not that good, but... I get what you're it's, talking about with just the the feeling, general feeling of yes. uh, yeah, gloom and well, doom. And, and, and kind of like what you were saying with uh, Detour, we um, we have different timelines going on in this that are in, oh, like kind of weaving in and out of each other. Kind of, I'm trying to be vague, <laughs> but there are three girls in the movie, and we're interweaving them. And I, I, I was nervous when I started. I'm like, oh, we've got you know, high school girls. Like, ah, oh, please don't suck. Um, and I'm happy to say it, it didn't. It's slow burn, evil, creepy. Uh, I mean, it, cool. I oh. will I'll definitely check it out. Yes. That's just funny. We got high school girls. Please don't suck. Uh, yeah. Yes. Well, you know how we are. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I know. Uh, all right. Uh, anything else for that? Nope, but that's definitely a thumbs up from me. Okay, I'll check it out. Okay. Sounds cool. Okay, wrapping up uh, what something I teased from last week, Twin Peaks Season 2. I finally finished this, and it is off my list. And I was glad to be done, because it was one of those things where I was getting, as you often do, I was getting carried away, plowing through this shit, like, okay, I'm, I'm, ready, I'm ready to leave Twin Peaks for a while. I... I, I Mixed bag on season two. I liked season two better than season one, but only in parts. There were parts of it that I didn't like. Uh, I was talking about the... Yeah, the main thrust of the first season was, was about this murder of this girl. And what really threw me off is that... Oh, boy, I, I can't even... I get lost in the episodes because there was like 20-some episodes in this season. And I want to say it's about a third of the way through where they kind of solved that murder and I got it. I understood what was going on. I, I understood how they kind of wrapped that up. And then we have like, again, I could be way off here, six, seven episodes where it's just like, now we're just in the town of twin peaks and people are still kind of kooky, but that murder's done. And I, oh. I was just like, what are we doing here? And then the last couple episodes pick up again and the final episode where they really crammed the kooky supernatural craziness in to a lot of it into one episode. And then it ends on a cliffhanger. And I, I was like, why didn't you do that like eight episodes ago? 
And Whoa. we could have just wrapped this shit up. I, I was so invested in this one case that when it kind of appeared to be solved, I kept going, well, maybe it's not solved and there's going to be a twist. And we just kind of wandered around for seven or eight episodes. And I was like, okay, this show needs to get on. It was still interesting, but I was still like, it, the whole soul of the show seemed to be completed. What are we still doing here? And it, it kind of felt to me like he had wrapped the stuff up, but the show was doing well, maybe. And so, hey, let's keep it going, and then maybe there will be a new murder next season that he or a new case that he has to solve in Twin Peaks. I don't, I don't know, but I was just like really disappointed that it had that lag in there for a bunch of episodes. It was still entertaining, and I probably would have enjoyed it more if I wasn't binge watching the shit, you know, yeah. trying to get through it and wrap it up. <clears throat> and the last episode was awesome. I can't. I'm really looking forward to watching the laser disc uh, of the the movie that comes after it and season three. I want. I, it was like the story started up again and it was, and we're still going. They, I, I can't. I don't want to give any details. So they could have. They could have essentially like chopped that season in half. Yeah, they and in the middle <laughs> and yeah. slid the end on to continue the arc of what they were originally doing. Uh, but uh, I don't know. It was it was it struck me as kind of strange that they that they did it that way. But as it stands, I still really enjoyed the whole series, and I'm glad that I watched it. And I could see myself definitely watching it again. But I was so anxious to see what's going to happen next that I burned through it, and I got a little burned out on it with being so many episodes per season. Yeah, I like it when it's ten, not twenty two or whatever. Oh uh, man. It's a lot, and each one's, yeah. you know, 48 minutes long, and I, I, all of it was background while I was working in the office, though, so it wasn't too painful. It was just every now and then I'd be like, oh, that's weird, and back to my computer and working or whatever, writing and whatnot. Uh, anyway, I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with it, especially now that it's 27 years later or whatever. That's... Well, it's getting great reviews. The People are really liking this new season. Well, I sure as hell hope that they pick up where they left off and not just, oh, back in Twin Peaks and the same people and we'll just forget about all, you know, that we didn't finish the story. But yeah. I have, I still haven't seen the Firewalk With Me uh, movie that they made, so maybe they wrap it up in there. I don't know. We'll get there. That'll be a future episode, but I'm ready for a breather from, from Twin Peaks. <laughs> are you going to start another TV show or are you going to get back on the movie Oh, I'm up to my nuts in TV shows as it is. That's oh, oh. that's that. That's a given. I've oh, I've watched at least seven episodes of The Flash, and I have to stop now because we got to watch Arrow and Supergirl because there's an episode where they all cross over. So I got to catch up on the other seasons so that I'm lined up for the big crossover alien invasion event because I'm a dork like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I no, I did. I I am doing movies in between there because me and Addison are having a. Wow, what is the word? There's a term for it. I can't remember what it is now, but where you watch Netflix without the other person when you get ahead yes. um, in the yes. show. I told her she could, could go ahead without me, and then she went ahead, and then I started, and she kept coming in and going, are you caught up to me yet? Are you caught up to me yet? No, I'm not watching episode seven before episode three. If you want to sit here and watch episode three, you can. And yeah. so I, and then I got a little bit ahead of her, and now I got to wait for a minute, but that's all right. Give me time to watch a couple movies and... 
I, I don't get tired of the comic book shit. When it's other shows, I need a break from the comic book shit. Bring it on. I could just yeah. keep right on rolling, but don't, I'm getting movies in there. I'm getting back into the swing. I've got another review for you, sir, that, uh, oh, oh, I have saved somebody a roulette. I, I watched a roulette today, sir. Oh, good. I yeah. love that. I'm already anxious about what that might be. Oh, you're, it's, it officially is labeled a thing that exists. <laughs> is it uh is it like bottom of the barrel garbage? No, that's the worst part. It's square in the middle of mediocrity. Much okay. like this show. Back to you. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um so here's a double header from um I right now I'm kind of on an Amazon Prime tear because unlike Netflix, Amazon Prime has a shit ton of cool old school horror movies and um, something that is sorely missing from Netflix. I, I love that. I just, I like, I'll click on one. And I'm like, I kind of remember hearing about this movie from years ago and then I click on it and then it's like, you might also like, and there's like just a ton of other of these seventies and early eighties horror movies that I'm like, honestly, a lot of them are on those boutique labels that we've talked about that are ridiculously expensive. I'm like, ah, I can watch them on Amazon Prime. Shout Factory uh, TV has a nice selection of, of that kind yes, of stuff, too. they do, yes. Um, I wonder about Crackle. I need to keep... I keep forgetting I know, to check I out Crackle. I, I, me too, yeah. Um, but there's some stuff on uh, Amazon Prime right now that are... They're, they're Code Red movies. Mm. And Code Red is notoriously expensive. Their Blu-rays are very, very pricey. So, um... And they are hit and miss. Some of them are gems, and then other ones are like, that's not worth the $25 I drunkenly spent on that movie at midnight. <laughs> oh, some... are we going to find out what the mystery movies were from last oh, week? We, oh, that's, that's coming up soon here, yes. And <laughs> uh-huh. in, in what I'll be watching here soon. Um, but um, So there's a slew of stuff that I've got saved on my Amazon Prime to watch list. But I watched uh, two movies, uh, and these are sequels. Uh, it's like a, uh, a, not a trilogy, but, uh, like, was it a four different movies, uh, from a director named, uh, Armando de Osorio. It's a, uh, these are Spanish movies and there it's the, uh, Tombs of the Blind Dead series. So there's Tombs of the Blind Dead and then the, I guess it's, it's on Netflix, it's, or on, uh, Amazon, it's the Return of the Evil Dead, but it's actually, uh, the whatever part two of the blind dead and then there's night of the seagulls and um the other one that's on there so uh, well which which have you watched tombs of the blind dead uh well i i watched tombs of the blind dead a long time ago uh but what i'm going to talk about is the the lesser quote-unquote lesser sequels i'm actually skipping part two because it's the heavily edited version that's on amazon prime and i will not watch it because all of the gore has been cut out uh, but the parts three and four are the uncut version. So we've got, um, I want to make sure that I get these in order because, uh, I got it. One of them is Ghost Galleon and one of them is Night of the Seagulls. Night of the Seagulls 75. Um, and, uh, yeah, so Return of the Evil Dead is 73. Um, damn it. Lord, I'm confused. Uh, what did you watch? What is it? Give me a title to write down. <laughs> okay. Uh, Ghost Galleon. 
is uh, part, which is the Blind Dead Part Three. So uh, this one here is here's the synopsis: the living corpses of the Satan worshiping Knights Templar hunt for human victims in a 16th century galleon. So uh, really lame actresses on a huge uh, pirate ship that are hunted down by. Satan worshiping Templar knights, yay! I'm, I'm in. Um, That's oh yeah, oh yeah. It's it uh, it takes a long time to get going to where it's like, eh, you should have had more cool shit sprinkled throughout this thing instead of the last twenty twenty five minutes. But the wait pays off. It's really cool by the end. Uh, but this just oozes that seventies creepy feel to it uh and the, the music they play the same music through all of these movies uh like the it's monk chanting type music and the like literally the <laughs> these monks are like just like indiana jones rotted skeletons like that okay. you would see in an indiana jones movie but they're wearing like their big robes or whatever and it's great that sounds like that um, one movie that i watched that you gave me the italian movie with the long title and the little weird dude who wants to make out with his mom Oh, yes, Burial Ground. Ground. The Knights, Knights of, of Terror. Yeah, terror. That, Knights of Terror. Is that what they look like, something uh, like that? Um, no, I mean, these are flat-out skeletons. Like, they're... Oh. It's not like dudes in, in with cornflakes <laughs> pasted to their face. This this is like skeletons acting like they're moving around. Uh, but Ghost Galleon was okay, but the Seagulls movie was really, really good. Okay. I really liked Night, the, Night of the Seagulls. Night of the Seagulls. Yeah, that's part four in this movie, uh, which is um, a doctor and his wife move to this uh, coastal village where they start a practice and they find out very soon that uh, Satan-worshipping Templar Knights are there haunting the place and they they require a sacrifice uh, in the way of a buxom beautiful woman every so virgin. often. It's seven, usually a virgin, maybe, right? Yeah, maybe seven years or something like that. But that one was a that was a really cool movie. Um, and and I haven't seen part one in a little while, but part one is really, really good. All of these movies just ooze atmosphere. That is so missing, I think, from today's movies. Did you say what years, um, uh, what years uh, decades, This what kind of uh, feel do we have here? Is it 70s, 80s? Oh yeah, this is well. The first one was I think seventy. Like each year, a new one would come out. So I believe the first one was seventy two. Then part two was seventy three, seventy four, seventy five. So perfect, perfect. Boom. Because yeah. this should be seventies material. Here yes, right it is, and it's totally seventies material. But Night of the Seagulls is uh, that was a big thumbs up. The Ghost Galleon was a middling thumbs up. It should have had more, more seventies gore and sleaze, whatever. Uh, but. I can't wait to sometime get these on Blu-ray because these actually feel like they would be great remasters. And I believe that uh, Blue Underground has the rights to these movies. And I'm surprised actually that uh, that they have not been like remastered and put on Blu-ray because they there is a cult following for these for these movies. But they're on they're on Amazon streaming, and I'm guessing they're DVD quality. They're in widescreen and um, at least. Parts three and four are uncut, so check them out. They're good. Nice. I would really like to borrow uh, Blu-rays of this when you get them. Oh, yeah. That sounds like premium October material. Oh, it is. It is, especially with just that, that music and when you see s- these skeletons riding on horses. and Yeah, when you mentioned that, it automatically made me think of one that you gave me last October where it, – oh, was it a werewolf movie? 
and they did that skeletons riding on horses thing at night, and it, it might have even been a 60s movie. Oh, but they, whoa, that was that was the what, pirate movie, for the, the Hammer yeah, movie? Yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. That, that was one of the few one of the few you gave me that where I was like, oh, that's a gem, because that effect that they did, I, I was yeah. like, that is so gorgeous, especially for that time. And even if What was the name movie, of it? <laughs> um, we should give the title. Captain, um, uh, Captain Clegg. Yes, that yep. was it. But these movies, even if there would be no, like, nudity and gore, like, because these are grindhousey movies, the atmosphere and the, the portrayal of these Templar Knights is cool enough to where they, it's definitely worthy of a viewing. But, um, anyway, I'm looking forward to watching part two. I might get desperate enough to buy the, uh, the uncut blue, or the uncut uh, DVD of it, because it's readily available, but I would really like to see it. In high definition, you know me. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, I do. Uh, okay. Uh, next up for me, from 2015, a movie called Vice. And I can't believe this never made it onto the roulette. I truly can't. Um, sci-fi thriller about the ultimate resort. Vice where customers can play out their wildest fantasies with artificial inhabitants who look like humans. That doesn't sound familiar at all, does it? Yeah. Here's why I decided to push play on it. Starring Thomas Jane and Bruce Willis. Oh, okay. I figured that's a that's good enough billing that maybe worth a shot. I know Thomas Jane kind of does a little bit of everything these days, and Bruce Willis does anything whatsoever. Anything? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you remember a movie Bruce Willis did a several years ago called Surrogates? Yes. Yeah. Not bad, I think. You watched it? Oh, really? I haven't seen it since it came out, or... Yeah, me either. I'd like you to review that movie for me right now. (laughs) It's, uh, there's, like, isn't that the one where there's artificial intelligence robots or whatever? I remember, Uh don't they they all freeze at one point? Uh Uh-huh. That is something that's about all I remember. Eh. Yeah, me too. And I remember about as much about Vice, and I watched it this afternoon. <laughs> Ooh. Very much like that movie. I kept coming back to surrogates. It was like, oh, there's kind of robots, and they kind of shoot things, and there's some nudity, I guess, and I'm, huh, what, all right, what? It, instantly forgettable. Um, lots of uh, the main, oh, I mean, Thomas Jane and Bruce Willis, they, they were on set for two weeks tops if if this movie took that long to film but it, they're the main stars uh, i'm being overly shitty um it took longer than that to film they, but they were not on set for very long i'm i'm guarantee was, that was there other main actors in it or no no it was that i mean if you, in the in the beginning and in the end they show up or maybe a scene in between here and there and bruce willis is kind of the bad guy head of the corporation and shows up to pontificate here and there and talk about AI and robots. And then he's gone for 45 minutes and then shows up for a scene. And then he's gone again, just stands in a office and makes kind of a speechy thing and then goes away. And Thomas Jane shows up and acts in the beginning, acts like a badass cop does a action scene, arrests a guy, you know, that, that took a weekend. And then he's gone for 20 minutes while we follow this girl who's running around and these people that are hunting her and shooting machine guns at her and, they, it's hilarious how many rounds they fire and cannot hit anything. It, it very quickly went into, oh, 
1990s direct-to-video, totally forgettable nothing. So, but... This isn't the worst thing ever. It's not like this is a vile piece of dog shit, and it just... It's just a throwaway. There's a million of these. It's nothing. There's no great, wonderful, amazing ideas in here. It's been done to death before. Here, it's just done cheaper. And they, I watched it. So. Oh man, doesn't that suck go. when you watch something phoned in? When like, you know, that's what I liked about Dig Two Graves. It's like that wasn't phoned in. Someone like there was, you could tell that the director of that, that like he was passionate about this unique storyline that's on a low budget, trying to get the best out of his actors. And I hate when it's just a phoned in, somewhat modestly budgeted nothing. And that's exactly what this was. And I was really disappointed because I expect that from Bruce Willis, but I don't expect that from Thomas Jane. Usually when no. he does a little bit of a a low-budget thing, he elevates it. There was yeah. oh, there was a horror movie that I watched. The Veil? Uh, in, uh, the Veil. Yeah. He elevated that material way beyond what, th- what that movie was. Uh, I, and, uh, he made that movie. He's done other low-budget things. I'm trying to think. But, oh, that one standoff. I mean, come on. Yes, that was a great movie. Right. So when I see him being involved, I'm like, I'm more willing to give it a shot. Bruce Willis, whatever. He's doing an action thing every other day. I just saw yeah. a poster pop up today for him and Hayden Christensen doing an action movie. And I was like, wow. Oh. I am so putting that on the roulette. That's going to be a roulette that <laughs> you will watch? Probably. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah vice uh, if you liked surrogates maybe give it a shot i thought surrogates was pretty utterly forgettable and they really mirrored each other it was almost like vice was a spiritual low-budget sequel to surrogates that's not a that's not a positive that's that's not praise that really isn't yeah and then i went the sci-fi dork in me went should i give surrogates another shot maybe maybe (laughs) <laughs> I just remember, didn't, like, they all froze towards the end. Like, all the circuits, like, just broke down or they stopped or something. And I'm like, that's something, I think, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I, I felt like that movie was chopped to shit. My, my memory of that review from the one time I saw it, like, in theater was, it feels like studio meddling. Because that was the guy that made Terminator 3, right? Oh, yeah, which wasn't a bad movie. Right, but it felt like it was edited with a chainsaw. Just scenes moved around, things happened, and then the third act, okay, things are resolved at the end. And it was like, what? It was going okay. You didn't have to do that, but what do I know? Yeah. Okay, well, I will definitely never watch that then. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You are welcome. Ever. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't. If if I had it on the roulette, I'd be like, eh, all right. And, okay. And, yeah. Well, that yeah. So it sounds like a a mediocre roulette, which is mediocre, not a positive. But yeah, yeah, and the mediocre ones—they're just the worst. You know. Yeah. You know. They're because there's ideas in there where you're like, if you just didn't suck, maybe this would be good. But yes. instead, you suck, and so it's just nothing. Oh wow! We've had so many of those. Let's put it this way. If if I had it on the roulette, I'd probably give this one like a four out of ten. And that's... I I wasn't hating life while I watched it, but... Uh, okay. It 
it is a thing that exists. Holy yeah. shit. Okay. Ma- Maul is a great example of I hate life because I'm watching this right now. Maul yes. and the the chosen, the chosen. Yes, I think. Yes. Yes. And the the Western horror, non horror may they oh, rot in hell for all no, eternity movie. Not, no, no, no. That one was not I hate myself. That was I am homicidal uh, towards everyone who made this movie. Yeah. That was awful. And that Apartment 13... Or, oh, what was fuck that? that movie. <laughs> Rebecca DeMorne. Apartment 1582... Whatever. It, <laughs> off, I, that movie... That might be the worst roulette ever. Roulette, I think we just maybe? named five movies that you threw at me and I picked. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Okay. They're all yours, aren't they? Yeah, they're all mine. And I well, forced you to watch Maul them. Maul was mine, I think. Wasn't Maul mine? No, that one was a group one. We... We all had to watch that one because okay. we put it on, or both of us put it on there or whatever. Yeah. I just remember one of the guys from Lincoln Park directed it, right? Uh, or, anyway, or did we're, the... oh, let's talk about good things, <laughs> not things that make me want to blow my brains out. Um, or he did the score for it, or I both, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, wow, Peter Stormare got drunk, ran into a guy from Lincoln Park, and drunkenly agreed to... To do a movie, I guess. And <laughs> yeah. And out chat mall. <sighs> okay. Please talk about some good movies. Well, oh, yeah. What we'll did you talk about mediocrity? Hmm. Um, so I got my vinegar syndrome uh, package in the Yay. mail from their big sale. So uh, I got Raw Force, The Hearse, and. Sweet Sugar from 1972. And that's what I... Oh, I'm like, ooh, here we go. Let's watch Sweet Sugar because the cover is a scantily... Oh, please tell me that it ends in A-H, not R. I wish, but no, it's A-R, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, But uh, the cover is so great. The cover is maybe enough reason to own the movie? Probably not, but it is for me. <laughs> he said not believing his own bullshit that he's yeah. spewing right at the moment. Yes, yes. Uh, it's some scantily clad woman holding a machete. I'm like, um, yes. Is uh, this a black exploitation? Kind of, that, that title it, it, sounds it is like kind it. of. It's a woman in prison, kind of black exploitation type movie. Uh, mm. Prostitute Sugar is set up by a, pro- a corrupt politician, and um, she goes to a sugarcane plantation thing chain gang thing whatever and her and a bunch of other women are you know the drill they're either raped or experimented on and then there's a big uprising and blah 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 it's so um (laughs) half i wonder if our our audience is so in tune with the the stuff that we are that they're like yeah women in prison movies i got it or if or, or or otherwise they're like Wait, what now? What is happening? Yeah. Whoa! Uh, in case like, you aren't familiar with the subgenre exploitation of women in prison movies, it's usually just an ex- uh, excuse to get a bunch of women in a prison cell together, and then they're either uh, tortured, raped, experimented on, like Eugene said, or all suddenly turn out to be lesbians and have pillow fights and <laughs> in the shower. Yes, <laughs> in the shower rooms and <laughs> yes. Well, so there's not, I don't believe there's any lesbianism in the movie, but, um, there's a lot of tits and panties and pulling hair and a, a severed cow head. So not bad. I mean, yeah, there's, there's a, there's a shaft kind of character, uh, and he is, uh, 
he's kind of a voodoo guy as well. And so he's trying to help the ladies escape by doing voodoo-y shit. So I'm like, that's kind of cool. There's a cow head in here. and uh, In the prison? Yeah, in this plantation yeah. thing. And there's one girl that, you know, she's getting raped or whatever. And she's like, but I'm only 17. I'm like, lady, you're like 35. <laughs> At least! It sounds to me like there are a hell of a lot more reasons to own this movie than the cover art. Yeah, it, it's it's not bad. It's Now that I think about it, I'm like, well, shit, I, I kind of did like this movie. <laughs> it's, 30, it's 85 minutes long, and uh, the acting is abysmal. The The lead, like the, the crazy mad doctor guy that's doing experiments, which one of the experiments, by the way, is uh, tying uh, sugar... That's the lead lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phyllis Davis is the actress's name. They tie her up to this table and the um, some sort of a shock therapy type thing, but that actually makes her orgasmic or whatever to the point where she has the machine explode because she's that orgasmic. So I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> so but this is basically just Ilsa and live and let die. Yes. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's yes. There you go. But not near as cool as either of those. Uh, but, um, but I like the fact that, uh, you know, every girl has, you know, wears a little short, short dress. So I'm like, okay, there's some more panties. That's kind of cool. But not the 17 year old. We're not down with that. No, no. But it's, it's, but it was comical to where she's like, I'm only 17. I'm like, wow. Were you miscast? You're nowhere near teen years. Um, (laughs) Anyway, uh, so what else about this movie? Um, it's Vinegar Syndrome, so it's—they're awesome. I mean, they, they just released the shittiest movies, and it's like, yeah, I want more of this. Um, uh, yeah, I just love uh, how your emotion—I, I, I just am so wrong in the way I read the emotion in your voice sometimes because you're like, Ugh, it's Vinegar Syndrome, so it's amazing. I. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I now own a Vinegar Syndrome shirt. I actually bought a Vinegar Syndrome shirt. That was in the package. <laughs> Did you know that? Or was, oh, yes. were you just oh, yeah. the only guy that took them up on the uh, three fur that <laughs> night? And they were like, throw this fucker a bone. <laughs> oh, it's great. It's like these two hands crawling out of film reel. And I'm like, oh, I'm wearing the hell out of this shirt. <laughs> um, and on the back, it has the, the lady, like the sexy looking, like the figurine lady of Vinegar Syndrome. Um, do you know what the thing? Yeah. Anyway. No. Um, no. <laughs> okay. Moving on you. from Sweet Sugar. Um, okay. Next up is a movie called Dawn of the Mummy. Um, and this is another Amazon movie. Um, Dawn of the Mummy. Let's pull this up. 1981. Uh, the cover was, I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. Uh, this creepy looking mummy crawling out of the ground. Tom Cruise and running away at top speed. Tom Cruise, yeah, big, big white teeth. And, <laughs> um, big, big supports under his shoes to make him look like he's not 5'5". Five five. Yes, exactly. Except not him at all. Um, it, it was, I mean, it was 70 minutes of padding of awful, shitty actresses in the desert doing shitty things in a photo shoot. Uh, and some Indiana Jones type guy that discovers a cave with a mummy but the mummy is actually like this Indian dude with ah, cornflakes on his face um, <laughs> again <laughs> yeah cornflakes uh, it goes on it, yeah, it there goes we on. have 
title for the show. <laughs> cornflake face. Flakes. Oh, oh, I was just going to go with cornflakes, but cornflake face will do. Yeah, it goes on and on and on, and I was just, I was actually just about ready to turn the movie off, and then some awful shitty Indian type actor gets a machete buried in his head. I'm like, now I'm back in. Okay, here we go. Let's keep going with this. Uh, so the last 20 minutes, after literally an hour and 10 minutes of of exposition, exposition which is literally bad actors and actresses walking around a desert and a, a a cave, like just walking around. Um, Ugh. I think there's a part where a woman gets kind of forced into sex, but she's cool with it after a while. I think, yeah. And then um, a guy says, "Hey, wrap things up here because I'm getting married tomorrow." I'm like what? And then the next day, he's like, "They're they're talking about the plot of the movie, kind of." But then he's like, "Oh, whoa, I gotta get married here." And I'm like what? <laughs> so there's a side thing with him getting married, but it's almost like he's like, ah, this kind of, I'm, I'm busy, but, uh, let's get the marriage thing going. It's crazy. Uh, but then the last 20 minutes are just cheesy early 80s awesome where the mummy or mummies, I guess, invade this town and it's great. It's great for me. Most people would probably think this is utter Utter shit. So, but so you've last... gone from utter shit to great. It's boring. Where do you? What's the final tally on Dawn of the Mummy? The, the final tally on Dawn of the Mummy is a half a star. It is a complete piece of shit. <laughs> okay, I thought you were coming around on it there towards the well, end. I, like it, it was, it was, it was atrociously bad until the last act. And I'm like, you know what? You, this is unexcusable. You could have sprinkled some of this greatness in the end throughout the movie, and you would have actually had a pretty decent early '80s movie, but. It's so unwatchable until the very, very end that I can't even recommend this movie for, you know, cornflake face fans. Yes, for the cornflake face fans out there. But what, things picked up once machete in the head, but it was too little too late. And by that time, I'm like, yeah, this literally like this movie would be good if you would watch hell, not even watch the first, like literally watch the last 20 minutes of the movie as a short film of stupid-looking zombies terrorizing some fake-looking set. Then I'm like, yeah, there we go. There's your half-star. I'm in. Um, so, so God bless you, Frank Agrama, the director. He made this thing. Anyway, yeah, Frank Agrama. Uh, and this movie was remade. Has he made anything of a note? Um... The last movie he made was Dawn of the Mummy. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I shouldn't he, say that. Maybe he didn't just fail at his business. Maybe he suffered a horrible fate. Yeah, he made he made Queen Kong. Have we have? Did you know that there was a movie called Queen Kong? No, but I want to watch it. Yeah, from nineteen. <laughs> hey, it's on Amazon Prime streaming. Uh, maybe as I need to get that. Damn it. As Eugene adds to watch list. <laughs> Okay, I'm done Queen. babbling about complete utter rubbish. We got. Are you ready to close out? Um, as far as recently watched, that's what I've got. Oh, okay. Well, let's wrap it up. You want to do coming soon? Yes. Yes. Um, coming soon for me. 
I do have some movies I, I want to watch. The uh, Nocturnal Animals I teased that a couple weeks ago. I got that DVD. I want to watch, check that one out sometime when I'm in the mood for something that looks like it might be depressing drama. There's a bunch of stuff on Netflix I'm watching. Lots of TV, obviously. And I kind of am feeling a little bit of a kung fu itch. So I might have to find something to to scratch it. Okay. As it were. What about on you? Net, on Netflix or I'm not sure yet. I've got a, I've got a couple of things here, and I there's a there's like half a dozen on Netflix old school stuff that I might press play on. We'll just have to wait and see what I'm in the mood for that day. Okay, because you've got like you've got a plethora of DVDs and VHS of yes. It, it might it just depends. Am I in the mood for a VHS or am I in the mood for just a uh, quickie Netflix? Because there's a, there's a handful of really old school shit on there that I haven't watched yet and I don't own. You know, I will say there, I, I remember there was a time, this is years ago, you gave me a stack of DVDs of like shit I have never heard of. Some of it was Jackie Chan and I remember this was back in the days where I was able to stay up late and I was one night, I remember I stayed up till like 5 a.m. and I was just watching that shit and it was awful but great. <laughs> just, and one of them was Jackie Chan and I don't remember what it was called but it was... He has, a, just, he has a bunch of stuff that, like, people don't realize that he made a shit ton of movies before the one that broke him in America, which was Rumble in the Bronx. I mean, he was old at that point, technically. Yeah. I mean, before that, he had, oh, I mean, he was making movies in the 70s, for shit's sake. And back and in it the, was what you gave me, yeah. Oh, yeah, was... he, but, but his stuff in the 80s, before he really broke, like, Fearless Hyena... And, well, oh, I could do a whole episode about it. I, I was just digging through all my VHS and cataloging them on, on my collection. What, what is it? Film Aficionado website, whatever. I made a VHS category and, and logged all of my VHS and Laserdiscs. Okay. And so I've just been going through all of that Kung Fu shit lately. And, man, those movies are so damn good. Fearless Hyena 1 and 2 and The Legend of the Drunken Master and the uh, the... The drunken master he did in the nineties, and oh man, he he made which, some damn good movies. Which was the drunken master that got a got a theatrical release? That was, I think it was just called Drunken Master over here, but that was actually a sequel because he did one that was like released in like seventy nine, I want to say. Oh, okay, and I think that one was called Legend of the Drunk. I don't know. the The titles are so interchangeable and forgettable that it's it's hard to even name them. Because there was one, I, I watched the one Drunken Master and the end battle or the end fight, I can't believe no one got like literally killed the last, the last big fight scene in that movie. It was fantastic. That was the, the nineties one. I think it's still on Netflix actually. Oh man, that was, that was a good movie. That is one of his best, like top five. That's one of his best films ever. But he did a bunch of old school style kung fu ones in in the eighties that are like set way in the, the old days. I don't even know. Yeah, like which which I know that I've watched some of those, and they're like the 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 DVDs you gave me back in the day are probably companies that I have never that they're probably defunct now. Yeah, but they're they're the companies that I could name off the way that you name off your. <laughs> niche yes. companies i know those companies <laughs> i was just yeah. i was even looking at the sides of the vhs going ah you i haven't seen that label in a long time how's it going buddy <laughs> awesome yep one day we'll do we'll do it maybe next episode we'll we'll i'll break some of those out and we'll talk about them 
That would be cool because because I do appreciate that because it, it's that is like a first cousin to the stuff that I watch from the seventies and eighties that are obscure stuff that. It totally Most is, but it's so shitty that, like, why can't I get them on Blu-ray? Maybe I can. Maybe I'm just not doing the research, but at the same time, how are you going to clean this shit up? Because, man, yeah. it, it looks rough. But that's part of the charm of it. I, 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 With your horror movies, it's better when it's cleaned up, and with these kung fu movies, it, that adds to it. It's it. I prefer it that way. I'd rather yeah. pop in a VHS and have it look like garbage with the garbage dub because that's just the way I've watched so many of them that I, yeah. I I like it that way. Anyway. It's interesting. Yeah, well, and it's, having said that, like, I, I do notice that some of those movies, if you go from the dubbed to the actual spoken language, like the original spoken language, it does elevate the movie to where it's like, okay, this is not quite as, like, this is not quite as grindhousey, cheesy. If it would, you could yeah. say cheesy or corny, yeah, corn, cheesy. or corn, yeah. cornflake facey, whatever. Yes, but the yeah, exactly. The, but the dubs, oh, those dubs are great. Yeah, I love them. The, the preferred way to watch some of those old movies like that, I think. I agree, and I, I only want to watch it with the subtitles if it's a serious movie. A lot of times yeah. they're meant to be kind of campy and comedic, especially with Jackie Chan stuff. And with that, give me the dub. But when it's if it's a more serious movie. I'm trying to think. There's a couple that I have on VHS that fall into that category, like uh, Hell's Windstaff. Most of that movie is fairly comedic, but the ending, it gets kind of serious. And and I kind of appreciate having that movie subtitled. It makes me focus and pay more attention on it. But that was the only way that I could get it. It was a VHS. Yeah. And the bitch is that this, sometimes in the VHS, the subtitles were not bordered. So if oh, it blends in white on white or yellow on yellow or whatever, whatever, like whatever was in the background, whatever, I can't remember if they were yellow or white subtitles, but they wouldn't have the black border around the letters and then it would blend in and you couldn't see shit. (laughs) No idea what he said there. (laughs) Now, are some of those Shaw Brothers movies? Because Shaw Brothers, I think, are a bit above some of the other really low rent stuff. They definitely are, but the majority of my collection is not... Shaw Brothers quality stuff. It is very low renty stuff, but it's just the stuff that I've been able to get my hands on. The Shaw Brothers stuff has not really started to get a lot of release in the States until Tarantino had a hand yeah. in getting that done. Oh man, it's probably been 10, 15 years now. Since when, whenever he was doing Kill Bill, he was working with some company in Asia to get those movies more release over here. And then, cause they were all, there was like 400 movies locked in a vault in Asia or some shit, and then because of his involvement, they started getting a release. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, except for the fact that now, oh, they're like, oh, Shaw Brothers, uh, hold them up on high criterion, oh, and give me my 30 bucks, please, for this one movie, and it's like, I I buy 50 kung fu movies for $5. No, I'm not giving yeah. you 30 <laughs> bucks for one movie. <laughs> But of the Shaw Brothers movies that I have seen, that you're absolutely right. They are an absolute step above. Yeah. Nope, you do have, you do, and not to keep going, but you, have you watched Crippled Masters or have you heard of a movie called Crippled Masters? I own a couple copies of it. I've watched it several times. Okay. Cause that's the one with literally like. Yeah. Like, it's, it's the one guy kind of gets his legs burned off with acid. It's really gross. And the other I guy. I have to watch this movie. Oh, I can get, I can get it to you. Is it the DVD or? I believe I have the DVD. Yes. 
Okay, or several copies of it. <laughs> well, I think I have it on VHS too, but I have I I believe I have the DVD. Okay, because that that is one that I would really like to see sometimes. It's I've heard it's great. It is. It's really good. It it's kind of gory the way that they portray them losing their limbs. They already were amputees. Yeah, but they clearly were martial artists. I was afraid they were going to be exploited while they were making this movie. And oh, we taught this guy to do. This one guy has, it's, it sounds weird to say it, but he has a nub coming out of his shoulder that's maybe six or eight inches. Yes, he, I, that's the cover. I've seen, like, a cover with that. The shit he does with a bow staff, I can't do. With two fully functioning chub arms. I, yeah. it, it's incredible. <laughs> it really, it's remarkable. It's really remarkable. Wow, have we derailed. Get, coming soon. Okay, coming soon for me is, uh, Full Moon Blu-rays that, um, that as I hinted last episode, I bought. Well, they're here. And, uh, I opened the package and I'm like, oh, that's what they're called. So, uh, first up we have Hideous! Exclamation point. Uh, next up, Head of the Family. And that is a head in a, I think, kind of a jar. Kind of like Modoc. Um, and I then, love that reference. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> And then the creeps, which is uh, little uh, little people or midgety type uh, vampires and werewolves and things. I think maybe the most important Yay. thing is: Are you happy with your purchase, Drunky? Uh, yeah. <laughs> as long as it was uh, this was done post recording, I'm happy. Yeah. It. Um, oof. Yeah, I'll be reporting on those here soon, but I love the fact that, uh, hideous exclamation point <laughs> to get the point across, you see? Yeah. Um, it was, this isn't normal hideous. This is extra hideous. This is extra, extra hideous from Full Moon. Um, and then I'm going to try to get to the theater to watch The Mummy if I can. Um, if not, Wonder Woman. And, um, it oh, comes yes, at night. I have another review. I reviewed Wonder oh. Woman. You can see that on the Facebook page. Sorry, I kept forgetting. Which, which obviously got a glowing review. I, I literally, like, I was excited about The Mummy, but um, if I am only able to watch one movie in the theater here in the next week or two, it's going to be Wonder Woman. And my, I know I am well aware that my review was kind of all over the place, and uh, but I was specifically trying to not talk about all of the same things that everybody else was talking about. I was trying to bring something new to that movie review, you know, where everybody is saying... Every review I read is is giving it the same positives for the same reasons. And I was trying to give it something else, a different flavor. And you did. Yeah, that was a good review. I felt like I, I did. mean, that movie seems to be universally praised right now. It is. And I, well, I did give it an A, but on my 10 scale, like I was talking to Addie about it tonight, because she, she asked me, what would you give it? I said, probably an eight and a half. I need to watch it again in a home setting. But an eight and a half is kind of an A to me. I I yeah. try to think of negatives and I could really only come up with one and it was pretty minor. But I well, I'm I, looking forward to watching. Very it. good, very good. Glad DC is getting it together. Yep, agreed. I'm looking forward to seeing that. And uh, the theater I work at is getting it comes at night, so I will mm. definitely be watching that as well. That's getting really really good reviews. Crazy good reviews I've read. Yeah. Wow. So I'm looking forward to watching that one. I'm really hoping that there's a good turnout for that. Uh, this one looks like it, you know, this might be kind of a witch-type breakout hit. So we shall see. But that will be reviewed next episode. Oh, I can't wait to hear about that movie. I really, I was pretty yeah. surprised at those reviews. Very happy. 
And well, and the director, uh, Trey Edward Schultz, his last movie, or his first movie, uh, Krisha, which I talked about on our show, uh, and that made my top, I, that made my top 10 of the year. Um, I'm hoping for more of that type of really uncomfortable, uh, movie. Could, because it, well made, but very uncomfortable. I like that, where it's like, it really gets under my skin, which, that did. So I'm hoping more of the same from this. And Joel Edgerton is in this. And from what I'm hearing, he like carries the movie. Wow. So I'm looking forward to it. All right. And that's it for me. Yep. That's going to be it. I'll, we'll, we'll, it's a shorter episode by barely, but we, we still getting you cornflake face to bed or (laughs) (laughs) that's what we're doing. Yep. Yep. That's, oh boy. Um, Tom Petty kept him up all night. <laughs> Tom Petty has been kind of the, the glue that has held this all together. Oh, last dance with Eugene Weaver. That's what it is. Yes, that's what it is. The last dance with Eugene Weaver. Okay. And then, and then uh, I was going to make another joke. No, about, go you know, ahead. What, no, it's going to suck. It's something about don't come around here no more. And that was going to be the closer. Like, mm. don't come around here no more. Good night. No, no. Yep. You know what? That's what it is. Good night. <laughs> All right. See ya. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs>